On this special concert series edition of Progressive Palaver, the group talks to Prague Stock organizers Tom Palmieri and Anne Rinaldi. Welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this special concert series edition of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friend Ken Gregory, and we are pr- happy to uh, to be joined by Tom Palmieri and Anne Rinaldi, the organizers of the Prague Stock Festival. So, gentlemen and lady, thank you so much for uh, for joining us tonight. This is uh, this is a pretty exciting uh, opportunity here. So, in the the most recent episode that we recorded, Ken literally spent ninety minutes recounting the entire experience of Prague Stock twenty nineteen, and now he has been able to hook us up with with Tom and Anne the organizers of, of Prague Stock. So very happy to have both of you uh, here tonight, and uh, thank you guys for joining. Hey, no problem. Uh, glad to be here. Um, Ken, Ken was there. He, he saw the whole thing. You probably don't need us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if Ken was a little sleep-deprived through some of it, although you probably are as well. So who knows? Yeah, I um, think... I think we we, we we were a lot sleep deprived. We still are. Um, <laughs> we're, we're also vocally challenged, so forgive yeah. our voices. Oh, All no, right. that's fantastic. Well, let me segue, to, uh, Tom and Ann. I want to yeah. introduce you to my buddy Joe. Ever since junior high school, I, I once in in, the, in our college years roped Joe into going to Miami, Florida. We drove down, and I told him it, it was a free hotel and and music for for three or four days. And it was a jazz vest, and he ended up pushing a hand truck with drum sets on it all around the hotel for for probably eighteen hours a day to satisfy our, our volunteer role at this this festival. So so Joe and I ha, ha, have a, a a long history here, and and he's been through it kind of at a, at a different level. Whether he liked it or not, I may have I may have, have, have tricked him into doing that. <laughs> So, <laughs> not not um, gonna lie, I didn't understand jazz at the time, but I have grown to appreciate that experience very much. I don't think anyone understands jazz. Don't worry about it. I think, I think Ken does. I, Brandex speaks to me. Uh-huh. I, I may be the only one listening. I don't know, but um, uh, I yeah, I absolutely adore Brandex. We'll we'll get to that. Um, so so yeah, Tom and Ann. Uh, we'll, we'll take the uh, short version of your superhero origin story because uh, uh, Stock is pretty super. The festival kind of has, I don't know, you might call them humble beginnings. Frankly, I, I've always had progressive rock friends, right? You had them, you guys were, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the in crowd, <laughs> right? So <laughs> it, it was sort of the underground, sort of the, the guys hanging around outside and not doing silly things like the popular kids were or whatever. And, you know, you try to find people who, who have like tastes. And eventually as you get older, you do. For me, it was in college. That's where I really found the people who gravitated to the same uh, taste in music. And in fact, 
it's because of some friends in college that I was able to expand my my knowledge, what little it still is, of of progressive rock. One of those friends of mine, uh, I think, couldn't make it this year. He did. He did. Uh, I've seen him at many shows, even still today. And this is thirty plus years later, <clears throat> and he's the one who first put King Crimson's Three of a Perfect Pair in my hands wow. when I was when I just entered uh, college. Um, and you know, obviously, once you've once you've jumped off that particular cliff, you're done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, so, yeah wow. <clears throat> and you're never coming back. Um, so, um, so over time, you know, I I tried to find more of more of this, like we all do. I'm sure we all have a story of trying to find more of this because you love it so much. You want to see how many other examples of it you can find, um, especially up against all of the. All of the the ear pounding stuff that everyone considered popular <laughs> through the the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands, and so on. So <clears throat> eventually, I got to you know college, and I got to concert going age, and I started going to some of these shows. Uh, and I think the very first truly progressive rock show I went to was uh, for the Yes Union tour. Okay, um, okay. like the, an eon ago at this point, right? Um, but you know, from there on, you know, I finally found some ways to go to shows and do things. But it was never something I did every week, like I kind of do now. I don't even know why I do that now, <laughs> except that I can. Um, but over time, you know, tried to find um, <clears throat> more friends and 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 more a- more avenues, more ways to experience it, other than driving a bunch of hours to everywhere that these shows always were or winding up in very big, huge auditoriums where you just, you're a number, <laughs> you know, you're just, you're, you're amongst a sea of people. And only in the, the, I guess you would say 2013, 2014. So not all that long ago, five years ago, maybe six at the most, I started um, becoming aware of the more local scene, if you will. Um, and the first one I became aware of was the New Jersey Prague house here, here in Jersey. Uh, which is celebrating its 20th year right now. Um, shout out <laughs> to them because they're they're great friends and and great volunteers and helpers of our festival. Um, and so that means if you do the math, if anyone's doing the math, when I say this, people don't believe me. I never knew Nearfest existed until a year after it stopped existing. <laughs> so <laughs> I never had that experience either. Okay, and all of these new friends that I had made at that point in time who had all these stories to tell about Nearfest, all I could do was just sit there and go, Jesus, I wish I'd known about this. And I lived in central Jersey or North Jersey my entire life and still didn't know it existed. So from that point, I started learning about things like Ross Fest, um, some of the other ones like Seaprog and um, Prague Day and Proctoberfest and others. And then, of course, the cruises came on the scene, right? Cruise to the Edge and so on. So while going now and, and kind of making up for lost time, if you will, I mean, going to as many of these as i could i've been on on every cruise to the edge but one and and broken my bank to do it because it's so it's it's you know it's not it's it's not a trivial investment to go on more money Uh, but they've been awesome every time but as i've been going through all this and meeting so many more people that like my my friends in, in prague went from these tiny numbers in late high school and college, it just went ex- it more than exponentially grew mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. now I'm going to all these things that are really, really niche and, and therefore only people who like that a lot are there and there's hundreds of them and you, it's just been great. So all those years of doing that, experiencing some of these festivals and hearing about the greatness of Nearfest, 
there are those of us who kind of became like I would call like a kind of tight circle of friends, late in life friends, but we we consider each other like dear brothers and sisters from other parents, right? Um, and we just started talking over a few years about, you know, maybe it needs another shot in the arm, progressive rock. Maybe it needs something. Um, and people all expressing a desire to, to support it in some fashion and bring bring more ears to it, expand the audience, do something more than had already been being done with all these other festivals. And especially in the wake of Near Fest no longer existing. So over time, it was kind of this group of people, about three or four of us, uh, I've mentioned their names before on other on other um, on other programs. People like uh, Robert James Pashman from Third mm-hmm. Degree, um, like Andrew Collier from Circuline, and now from Three Point Two with Robert Berry. Um, oh, yeah. Rutz, who is a big uh, big uh, supporter uh, and is responsible for the uh, late night live events on Cruise to the Edge, and others, Marty Dorfman um, uh, from uh, from the, the House of Prague. So, you know talking and talking and talking over years going sometimes having those conversations sitting at Rossfest or at other festivals because that's the easy place for us to meet so it finally came to the point where i decided maybe maybe we could try and do something like that and the th- three or four of us have been talking about this for quite some time so just for the hell of it i said let me see if there's interest um although it kind of sounds like i had this whole master plan it really wasn't it was just <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to throw an initial party and bring a bunch of really close friends together and see if we could all talk about it together as well as have a great time. So in 2016, I threw a party on, I I believe it was July 30th. So it was the the height of New Jersey summer. It was was going to be sweltering according to the weather. And it was an outdoor party at a park near my home under, um, uh, you know, one of these big aluminum roofed pavilions, you know, like an outdoor picnic yeah, area yeah, yeah. and i just invited four bands to play uh, put some money into it got someone to help me cook food and we just had a party and it was called tom's party in the park because i was thinking extremely creatively that day yeah um, and so you know i invited probably nearly 100 people and about 65 or 70 came how many times does that happen when you invite yeah, that yeah. many people you know, usually what do you get like 10 percent of what you invite to a party so well, we had some great bands playing. Um, we had uh, Third Degree playing. Uh, we had Echo Test there. We had the Boleto Trio there. And I'm missing one for some reason. Oh, yeah, we had Richland and Flying Dreams. Um, and I had invited Marcus Reuter to come. <clears throat> uh, we'd become friends uh, through me going to many Stickman, sh- Stickman shows over many tours. Um, he actually did come. He just got there late. He was tired, so he didn't play. But he certainly found a good that a brown liquor somewhere to start drinking. I know that for sure. <laughs> um, great time. But so that party happened and, you know, it was kind of a, a, a great experience because a lot of us folks from the Prague house here in Jersey and some of the other names I just mentioned earlier and, and a few other people, well, we all kind of sat and chatted and talked about, you know, Hey, could we do something like this? Um, so, you know, when I was up on stage <clears throat> at one point, it started to rain and it rained cats, dogs, sheep, I think many other livestock were coming out of the sky. Yeah. It was like it was like a monsoon. It was the other the other possible risk of doing something on July 30th. It's either going to be 103 in the shade or it's going to rain cats and dogs and it did. So <laughs> as many of us in the you know watching and the bands themselves are watching the water starting to creep in the sides of the pavilion 
getting closer and closer to all the power strips on the floor. We're <laughs> <laughs> really wondering if they're going to get shocked out of existence. You know, we, we're fixing it as we go, but you know, it was kind of a neat experience. And, and but Julie Slick did not stop. Playing. No, Julie did not stop playing. And it's funny we have a, we have an ambient recording of the entire Echo Test set with their wonderful ambient music with rain patter on the aluminum roof. <laughs> <laughs> so at one point I get up there. Um, you know, I think it was near the end or maybe before I announced the last band. Um, and we were talking, I was talking to the audience a little bit. Um, and I had just said, you know, Hey, I mean, I mean, you know, some sort of silly joke about, you know, I, I was kind of, my mind was, was comparing it to Woodstock. Some, what, what happened when it rained heavily and there was mud everywhere, like there was outside the pavilion. And, you know, I made some joke about, you know, the outhouses are probably unclean and the water to, you know, was selling water for $10 a bottle and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So, you know, and someone caught the, you know, the references I was making and, and it just came out of my mouth that we should, we should call this day prog stock. <laughs> um, I'll tell you for a solid year between then and 20 and, and 2017, well, let's say we started planning prog stock for real for 2017, starting about October or November of 2016. So it took a few months from that party for, for me to find enough of those people willing to 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 say yes and all put our hands in the center you know and and say we're going to do this um i spent a good six months after that waiting for the name prog stock to grow on everybody because i kept having <laughs> should we really call it that why don't we think this and that and the other and i'm like ah you know what leave the name let it sit we'll get back to it later let's actually plan a festival and worry about what to call it later <laughs> so, but in the end it, it kind of grew on everybody and that's that's kind of where it came from for what it's worth it's not the best origin story in the world but you know there there it is i know that, that's fantastic having played in pavilions everyone can can can, can picture that we, we <laughs> i'm thinking back to the the cotman's transmission picnic that we played whatever dorney park i dorney think park yeah wow. <laughs> Green Grove. that's all about water isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we played a water park yeah. um so yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a universal experience you're digging up there. That's beautiful. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and 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 I think Ken, correct me if I'm wrong, but this kind of ties into you know our sort of journey along this path as well, because it, it, as I remember it, you know, again, I live in Texas now, so I've been out of touch with the with the Northeast for you know quite some time at this point. I get to come back and and go to concerts with Ken. But it was at, at Yes 50 where certainly I had first ever heard of this. We were, we were sort of walking around the outside of, of the, um, the Fan Fest thing in between two of the oh, bits yeah. of entertainment. That was, that was at the Fillmore. Right? Yeah, it was Philly. at the Fillmore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, we picked up the little prog stock cards. And I was like... Oh, those things worked. Yeah, wow. exactly. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> Did you pick them up outside or, or inside? It was, we were sharing a table with Tom Brislin. Yeah, it was it was inside. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. picked it up, right. and I I had never heard of it. I don't know if Ken had. And you know, through that that day, we learned about Prog Stock. We learned about Total Mass Retain, and everything just kind of came together to you know Ken. Um, you know, becoming, you know, a, a, a part of it all, which was, which was very cool. And, you know, if, if we hadn't, you know, all agreed to go to that thing that day, you know, I don't know if we 
I certainly would have known about it. So I think it's very cool, just sort of the organic way these things seem to have, have come together. Sure. A, and, you know, quick shout out to TMR, by the way. Uh, what a way to start off our festival. That was one hell of a show. Yeah. <laughs> The, that yeah okay let's talk about the uh, tribute band elephant yep. in the room so so the fe the festival really um creates an environment for original artists but you haven't shunned the 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 the, the tribute artists and 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 the cover songs and i i, I really appreciate that because it it it, it paints a, a, a wide brush and it, and it brings other people into the mix that may not otherwise sustain three and a half days of completely original music. Right. You know, this has been one of those topics that, I mean, I've had conversations with many, uh, many, uh, not many, uh, 10, it's not many, yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, members of really good tribute bands um, across the spectrum of tribute bands that I, that I know of. And, you know, it's, I've been asked about playing the festival and currently we, we have a line we've drawn. And there's a philosophy behind it, and, and people will either get it or not get it or agree with it or not agree with it. That's life. But um, as, as of right now, on our main stage, um, we, we don't want to have full, pure tribute bands. Um, and certainly not for bands that, that are also in existence and, and touring. Mm -hmm. um, in some... Um, Form or fashion, right, <laughs> in some form or fashion, um, not to mention any names. Uh, but um, however, we're very, very much will we want to to kind of pay homage and honor and and bring to the fore everything that came before because <clears throat> you know it it the festival attempts we, we attempt every year to have a flavor of as many of the different eras of progressive rock as we can. And sometimes when you go back to the earlier eras, you don't have much left you can have. There are, they're out there and some of them are just in other places in the world and don't want to travel here or, or it's difficult for them. Uh, could be health issues, could be other issues. So you want to find some way. So do I, so therefore we don't have problems when we bring an artist like we did in the first year, we bring an artist like Peter Jones uh, phenomenal artist. Um, and we pair him up with Francis Dunnery and throw Rachel flowers in there because for some reason we thought we need salt. Um, <laughs> and, and just let the three of them go nuts covering lots of things that are all, you know, representative of, of one of the, of the original era of progressive rock. And it's, it, you know, so sometimes a tribute, uh, a tribute act opponent or member will say, well, you did that. Why won't you bring up tribute band? And I know it's a fine line and or maybe splitting a hair, but, you know, the whole point is that, you know, we, right now we don't want to have tribute acts on the main stage that may mm -hmm. change and they have to change because, you know, as we go further in time, assuming we still exist further in time, you know, it may be impossible to, to have a representation of the earlier eras without going down the road of, of tribute acts to, to, to present them. Mm hmm. I almost sometimes think, I mean, look, I, I am personally, for example, I'm a big fan of Total Mass Retain. <clears throat> I'm a big fan of how great they are at playing Yes music the way Yes would play music. Okay. Indeed. Yep. Just say it that way. As a result, I'm also a huge fan of the musical box mm -hmm. because you, 
there's no, there is no, Gen- Genesis will never be able to play it as well as they do. And they know that they've said so. Right? <laughs> um, so those are, those are kind of interesting things. And there are many other bands that are that close. Um, Hackett, so, hey, Hackett comes close. Oh, ha- but, see, but that's, that's not, to me, if Hackett's up there playing pretty much the material he was part of creating selling anyway. and, and and then his solo material that's it's not a tribute show it's right 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 it's steve hackett with a backing band doing anything he damn well pieces <laughs> right? yeah. so, you know uh so you can, you can come to progstock and play the alphabet if you want yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in that's if you could do happy birthday in seven i'm good um <laughs> you know but you know so for now that's the way it is but I want to have that as part of it. So when we have these kind of outs, these other, these other aspects, these other presentations that aren't the main stage for now, I want to try and put them there. That's why I immediately called, I called Joel and Joey and well, actually I didn't call him. We saw him somewhere. Yeah, we were, yeah, I think it was before we went to see another show together. And I said, you know, why don't you guys play one of our, our late nights. And, and actually I think a good one would be our pre-party. Right. Um, so, um, yeah. Way to kick the uh, man, boy, did it put everyone in, in high gear. We got the privilege to see them uh, not only multiple times out of Brewski's because that's their home base, as it were, in the Bronx, but we also got to see the show that they did when they rented out uh, a studio room at SIR Studios in uh, New York City for a very select crowd. And we were, we were privileged to be part of that select crowd. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so. And then, you know, also at the pre show, we had. Uh, Bob Richardson up there yeah. uh, doing his "What About Bob" version of "Self 15 Right, and Bob is an amazing. You have you um have you? Oh, I was there. Bob? So 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 no no um n- not familiar with him before now, but um I just remember him tapping into some you know mantras that I did. <laughs> Cinema show played a big part in his set as he as he kind of recreated some of that. Yeah, he did a mixture of kind of uh, in his "What About Bob" thing. It's like doing some stuff that is other other people's music, you know, covering stuff. And he covers some Genesis. He, when he did that thing, he put together that medley, which he, I think he calls it Frankenprog. Frankenprog, right. yes. Sorry, that's why <laughs> Frankenstein is kind of the underlying theme of it. He goes, starts there and ends there. And he puts in so many other things in there. It's kind of neat. Um, but when he played his original stuff, the cell 15 stuff, I mean, that's the stuff that everyone in the room was just waiting to hear him do because you know, when they played for us, my lord, that, that was the one of those bands where people said, I found a new band that I have to go buy everything from. They only had two everythings still at the time, right? But, right. yeah. That's brilliant. I had that experience with a, a big portion of your schedule. I was really overwhelmed. And in, in the episode uh, we recorded prior to this, I'm just completely out of breath. Just, <laughs> just going... <laughs> Talking about the talking about the artist that you hosted for this, so it, it was absolutely amazing, and and I, I didn't know I'd have the the stamina to do that. Um, uh, I think I, I I missed three acts, and I I, I I now I know how to pace myself for next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, was, and, was this was this your first one? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know I got to tell you the, the the food for Last Call Live helped to give me some calories to keep me going. <laughs> through that extra mile and 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 I it, it was worth every minute just being you know energized in, until 3:45 a.m. so I could see Rachel play trilogy. Oh, yeah, and you know there were I mean yeah, uh, by the way, all the keyboard section for for last call live 
<clears throat> and I'm sure in your other cast you explained what it is a little bit more, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What it yeah. was. Um, the the effort, the people who are behind the scenes on that, putting that together, um, are all from our volunteer squad, and and they're all they all poured themselves into it. And and one one I want to shout out for is Robert Pashman, um, who was not only our uh, our video projection person for the whole festival, mm-hmm. um, sitting mostly on stage right off stage, um, but also he put together all the the keyboard rig for Last Call Live and worked with all of the um, people who signed up for songs to work with them individually on all the sounds they needed and everything that they had to produce on the keys um, and programmed that all in. That was his rig, his computer with all the keys. Uh, The keyboards came from various people who loaned them to us, Robert himself, as well as Andrew Collier, uh, and some from our back line <clears throat> and he made that all work and you know like like things happen keyboards are the most complex thing in music today because they rely Absolutely. on computers and the computers invariably have glitches that just happens and we had some glitches that night and robert even posted on facebook recently about it um that you know apologizing but he does none is needed because it happens all the time but right it, trilogy was one of those where the 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 piano she was playing that Asia Rachel was playing uh, was the, the synthesized piano was having some problems. Um, it's almost in retrospect, it would have, would have been great for her to just, if she could to just spin around and play the Fazioli that was right behind. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Because uh, and by, it doesn't matter. She could play it on a freaking uh, Fisher price xylophone. And I, it would be amazing to watch, hear her play trilogy. <laughs> so, <laughs> or anything. Um, she's just such a phenomenal artist. I think she got the most standing ovations every time that she's played Always. for us. Always. And by the way, Rachel, segue here, but Rachel's one of those artists that is invited to Prague Stock to perform every year without question, and she can play whatever the hell she wants. I don't care what it is. Tell me what it's <laughs> going to be. And everyone will love it. Again, Chopsticks is an option. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and soul, the alphabet, right. whatever. Yep. I'll still cry. Right. It doesn't matter what she plays. I will right. cry. I mean, yeah. for those keeping score at home, she performed with Michael Sadler of Saga, with with Robert Berry. Uh, she performed with uh, her mother, with an absolutely gorgeous uh, combination of voices when the two get together. And am I am I missing? Who else did she team yeah. up with? Uh, with? With Christopher Clark. Oh, Christopher J. Clark, the man from Brand X. And by the way, if, if you when you were watching that, or if you're watching it closely, Chris was Chris was himself starstruck, right? So, and which is a weird <laughs> turn of events, right? So Rachel's playing, and he is like laser focused on her hands because he's such a brilliant improv player. He was just watching her hands and doing perfect things behind. They had rehearsed nothing; they just oh, sat yeah. down together. Yeah. Nothing was planned, and it was it was wonderful. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, yeah, before we get away from your your, your team, uh, I, I I noticed the hardworking Rob Rutz at, at at every turn, keeping the park going, the the, the Bob Moo Park with with live yeah. music in between acts in the theater. You were blessed with wonderful warm weather. Uh, yeah, most of the most of the part of the day it got a little nippy uh, when the sun went down. Sure, but uh, yeah, we were blessed with good weather, even though there was rain in the forecast. A few days before, we were worried, um, and we even had um, we had we had the intention to have the van parked nearby. 
because we expected at any time the sky could open up and we'd have to run this expensive equipment out of the park into a van quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, a good, good bring up there, you know, with, with Bob Moog foundation park, um, which was uh, sponsored this year by one of our key sponsors, yeah. Rigel Kent security, uh, a shout out to Mike Sues, Absolutely. Uh, the, the, uh, the owner of that. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, having Michelle Moog there, first of all, um, as far and, as we're, as far as we're and concerned, Lee Siebel. and Lee Siebel, right. Uh, they could be involved uh, anytime. We, in fact, we, we love working with them. I think the partnership is here to stay. Um, and, and the whole point of that park was to let it be more interactive. I think uh, a few times Michelle had some, some theremins set up that people could play. I don't know if anyone actually tried those pictures. Oh, they're okay. So people tried to make weird noises. I don't know. Anyone bring a cat over to make a cat play the theremin? I don't know. Um, <laughs> You see that all over Facebook these right. days, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, and Rob Rutz uh, uh, largely ran that whole thing. I know he had some help from other people. I don't remember who well, was helping him. Robert Schindler. Well, was, yeah, yeah, right. But then the main, the main person who could always be counted on to get behind his keyboard rig and play was Roby Wan, Robert Schindler, um, who dazzled a lot of people. I think there was a time when when um, uh, Melanie Mal and Martin Schneller went out there too. Absolutely. And, yes, and, yeah. and blew Eric the crowd Norlander. away. Eric Norlander went out there a few times. That's right. Um, um, there were others Tom, too. Tom Brislin recorded a, a little uh, oh, documentary he? thing out there with oh, uh, Eric Nielsen. I missed that. Okay, and I'll have to see that later. With Trisha's guitar. That's cool. I, oh no, wait! <clears throat> Randy McStein is the one who. Oh, Randy. Randy McStein played Trisha's guitar out there. Oh, okay. Great cool. stuff happening out there. I, I, I have to be, be honest with you. Anne would have been had a chance to see the park more than me. Well, I was the window. I was mostly backstage and running around like I had this sure, chicken over sure, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Anne was more up front, although she but, uh, was she was a headless chicken. But a huge well. shout out to Robert Schindler, who drove from his home to Asheville, North Carolina, picked up all of the Moog Foundation's equipment, and Harley's and PA, and drove it north. No, actually, let's let's see. He lives in Charlotte. Okay, so he drove to Asheville, where the Moog where the oh Moog He picked that. That's a few hours. He picked up all the stuff that Michelle was providing, not only for the park, but Michelle also provided two major uh, pieces of Moog equipment for our back line. Um, and he picked it up and he drove it to New Jersey. He stayed with us and he drove it all back. Okay. <laughs> so um, separately, um, the mention that you made there of MEAP, um, of, of Harleysville, um, that's another organization that would, that we'd love to have involved and will be involved in the future is, is MEAP. Um, when Eric Norlander uh, and I were talking about his, is well, what is proving to be the final performance of rocket scientists, which some people are sad about, including me. Um, <clears throat> he wanted to go out as much for the bang of, I mean, he wasn't going to get the big, you know, the big wall of, of doom kind of thing. He, that's not possible anymore, but I wanted to make it as special as possible. So I told him he could use the piano and he, he worked the piano into the set. He really loved that. And the other was that he wanted to try and find, one of the major synthesizers that he was the, des the designer of, part of the design team for, and that was the Elisa Sandromeda, um, which Absolutely. is impossible to find <laughs> um, unless you want to pay a mint for it. And so we looked around to a couple of places, and our backline companies looked at us and, and laughed <laughs> like you're crazy. <laughs> um, but we had a couple of, of avenues, and and and, and, and the, the, wor the words uh, exactly were 
Do you have any idea how much one of those costs? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look on eBay and one of them costs like eight grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we actually found one and Emiap had it. Those are the guys in Harleysville. Harleysville, um, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. And I, I have good friends who live in Harleysville. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, that's that's a, it's a great organization, by the way. Emmy App, E M E A P P, and they uh, they they had one. They had apparently they had a prototype. We had to actually call Eric, and Eric had to talk to them about whether this prototype would take his sounds and work. And it turns out that inside of it, it's the same bloody thing. The only the outside looked different, so he had what he wanted, and they oh. drove that. They drove that from Harleysville. Um, <laughs> they literally brought it up yeah. the day of his performance. He brought it home. Stayed for the festival that day and drove it home. Yep. Oh my! I, I was very moved by the rocket scientist set. So thank you very much for making all that happen. Yeah, that was great. I think I, I I only met a quarter of your artists. I only met a third of your staff. So I'm going back just to say <laughs> thank you next year for what I saw this year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Yes, as usual, we have a we have a tall task ahead of ourselves. What do we do next year that doesn't make people go? Why couldn't you do anything like you did last year? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on on that level, um, you know, the kids are screaming; they, they they want their shot. What is your advice to to the younger crowd? And they're, they're they're getting their demos to you, and they're very eager to get your attention. How does one get into Prague Stock? <laughs> there's there's no secret handshake. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's 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 actually a it's it's, a, it's an interesting question because for the, for the truly <clears throat> yeah. for the truly new kids on the block, like you're saying, the, the ones that are just starting their band in their garage. Um, the only thing I can suggest is Road Dog, get out there and play your music for people. Hone it. Um, yeah. Clean it up. Get you know, get used to being in front of an audience. Um, get people knowing your name, and that is that is hard work. It is just simply hard work. And then ultimately release and, something. And release release an album. Right. Because Prague, you don't release singles. You release albums. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Re release an album and uh, and send us a copy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. I mean, look, invite uh, us to a show. Yeah, that that be nice to hear some of the music like played to see live, you live, so that we can get a get a flavor. Um, but you know, in the absence of going and seeing it, you you know, give us give us information, give us recordings, give us something that that speaks to what you've done and what others think of what you've done. Um, no, none of that guarantee. Look, that there's no guarantees. There's just right, right, there's so right. many. There's so much going on, and every year, I mean, there's no. We only put eleven bands on stage, and we're sticking with that. By the way, we're not going to go beyond four bands per day mm -hmm. ever again. Mm -hmm. You've heard me say it. You can you can record that, we're, play we're gonna, it back. We're going to write times. that down, send it back write to that you. Down <laughs> because I I that's it. I mean, four per day works. Um, I mean, yeah, like what we did this year, you might have an opener before the headliner, you know, when, like when Randy played for, for 30 minutes, his solo work before Brand X, that, when Rachel, those, those, those of those fit in very well because they give your ear a break. They, they, they change your pat, they cleanse your palate a little, yeah, yeah. Something else, yeah. right? but for real, Randy like, cleansed me like, from society. I just wanted to go off into space. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. Randy's great. Randy's awesome. Um, so, you know, 
with with only eleven, and then you know maybe a couple of you know late night spots, <clears throat> three or four of those. There's only so much you can do in a year. You know, you we get um, we have an email address that we that we have posted on our website where we want people to send us their stuff, their their bio, their their EPK if they have them, uh, links to their music, whatever it is. And also, you know, information about places they played, reviews, other opinions, all stuff that that any uh, uh, buyer of of talent wants to see to understand what is it, what do people think of it, are people going to be interested in it, um, and we just kind of have to figure out how to pick from. It's like a huge Chinese menu, <laughs> you know. You got to pick from various columns to put no, together. It's like a New Jersey diner. Menu. Oh, there you go. Right there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's much more, more appropriate. Um, <laughs> you got to put together a buffet that will not not every act will please everybody, um, but you want to you want you just want a decent percentage hit. Like you go, there's eleven yeah. acts on stage. I'd like people to to really like at least six or seven of them. Um, that's that's tough to do. Um, I mean, if you just looked at Say Friday night, you know, we, we, we start with Fido. We got Fido to open the festival. I mean, look, right. And then we go, and then we go back in time to Salem Hill. (laughs) Right. Most of these bands could have been headliners by themselves. And then then we do the 30 year journey with Robert Berry. Right. You know, you go to, you go to Saturday and we've got Jane Getter with opening Saturday with an all-star band, you know, You've got Alex Skolnick. You've got yeah. you've got Holtzman. her husband Adam Holzman. You've got uh, Mark Egan. You've got Randy McStein again. You've got Gene uh, Lake. I mean, mm-hmm. huge band. In fact, that know? band. Just to stop for a minute, there were literally people who came to the festival at least that day, if not the whole festival, that were fans of individual members of Jane's band, right. not even right. knowing about Jane's band. I was right. chatting with Alex yeah. Skolnick backstage, and I was like. There are six fan clubs here to see this band. <laughs> That's right. and all them, but, you know, like, like I've said it many, many times at other festivals, even at when the water rises, all the boats rise with it. Right. So yep. Jane and, and and every member of that band is benefiting from the fact that there are other people coming to see other members of that band. Right. Um, you know, so we go from that wild, you know, ride there to wait. Who was after Jane Discipline. Getter? Discipline, right? And how how much different from Jane Getter's band can you get than Discipline? Exactly. That's more of a neo prog kind of slightly serial influence. Yep. Yeah. You know, so it's like every every turn is something a little bit different. We've got, you know, I mean, Jane is a relatively new band on the scene. Uh, She's not new by any stretch. She might not be 15 years old, but her band is a new thing, you know? Um, so that's new. And then you've got rocket scientist, which has, you know, been around for a long time. You've got brand X, which has been around since the beginning. Uh, you know? yeah. You've got, you've got nectar, which has literally been around since the beginning. This is their 50th year. You got saga at 42 years, you know, mm-hmm. but then you've got the Siberium at two years. Right. Well, th- thank you for day. not dividing this up between, any kind of age demographic or genre. Thank you for mixing it in together. It, it would be such a cop out to have the Friday heavy metal night and to have the mamas and the papas acoustic Saturday night and to just kind of like divide it all up. And instead, this is one big team and we're sticking with it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, and, and you know, obviously, I wasn't there, and and my experience <laughs> is is from afar through Ken. But yeah, Joe, we I mean, noticed that you weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> well, had forget. I'll forgive you if you come next year. Right. Well, I, I think I've been told I have to attend. So uh, if that nothing else, like just to plan. give just to give Ken a break. But but I, I think you know to that one of the one of the, the 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 main questions that you get to when you talk about progressive rock, and we here at the Palaver have steadfastly and very pointedly ignored this question is. What is Prague? <laughs> because there, there's so many different facets of it. So, yeah, why wouldn't you mix it all up and enjoy it, you know, sort of like a stew? Because that's what's that's what's beautiful about it. Like when, when Ken and I started um, kind of jamming on Brand X in, in preparation for this, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, Brand X is different from a lot of the other things that we have talked about. But you can very clearly see that they're in the family. They're part of it. And you, it, it's more on the jazz side of the spectrum, but it's it's still very much there. So I think it's Absolutely. cool. I, I, well, yeah. and I mean, think about Joe Denonzone and Stratospherius. I think exactly. I think there are three genres in one set. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I walk, you know, obviously I don't get to sit in the theater very often, but I walk by the theater doors and I'm like, What's he playing now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, but, song is different. Randy McStein is like everywhere. Yeah. Blues. I mean, jazz. It, it, amazing. Just all over the place. Yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> just listening to, to Ken give his recap. Like I said, I, we were kind of talking before you guys uh, joined us and, you know, it, it's inspiring to hear him talk about, you know, that much music that he got to experience in, in like this whole big thing. And it's like, who has time for sleep? There's, there's music to, to enjoy, you know, so. That, that much music for a good price. Thank you for keeping the, the prices reasonable. Do what you have to do. But uh, uh, it, the more reasonable it is, the more people that can come, I think. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, you know, and that was kind of, um, I guess, I guess I, I'd like to say that, you know, progressive rock, since it has such a small, relatively niche following, there aren't many bands left associated with it that are going to fill an arena. Right. I mean, look, I went I, re, relatively recently. I went to see Muse. They filled a large arena. OK, if Tool tours the new album, they're going to fill an arena. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and there are others. <clears throat> King Crimson has been filling some great places. But interestingly enough, they're filling 4000 seaters, not 40,000 seaters. That's not they're not a, the, the arena bands aren't right. Like in our, in, anywhere in our in our even remote orbit. So. If you're going to throw an event and you're going to have bands who need, you know, who need to make a, a decent wage for playing, they, they, they got to make some money. It's it's not all on their backs, you know, um, and we we're, our existence is to support them and keep them alive. So you can't do that if you don't feed them and pay them. Um, right. Right. That means that, you know, the tickets are not ten dollars. Right. So right. if you're going to do such an event outdoors where you could potentially um, cater to a hundred thousand people. You can set your price really low if you're going to get that many people. But when you're looking at only getting uh, an audience measuring in the hundreds, you can't do it for ten dollars, right? Not and produce the type of event that we talked about. So the prices are what they are, and many of the festivals that have 
grown in in the U.S. had similar pricing structures to to, to ours. We, I, I quite frankly, I just looked around and and that's that's it, effectively advice and quotes that I took from all the other festival promoters that are out there. What what's a reasonable thing to charge? Um, because people have to, you know, if you want people to travel from far, they have to pay not only your ticket fee, but they have to transport themselves. They have to put themselves up. It's it's not a trivial amount of money. So we've done our best to keep the prices low. Um, you know that actually um, that actually makes me think about something from the from the origin story when uh, when when we first were trying to figure out what venue to have Prague Stock 2017 in. Uh, it was largely at that time Robert Pashman and myself working on it. The first idea was to do it outdoors at an amphitheater in North Jersey. Uh, in, in fact, in his town that he lives in, um, Ridgefield Park. And we went to visit this place twice and looked around. <laughs> Stupidly, we went there in January. It was freezing. Um, but we were looking at this place because we figured, what if we get many thousands of people? It would be nice to have an atmosphere for that. Um, we didn't even think at the time in the back of our heads, it's October, dummy. You really want to <laughs> So it took the county to tell us, we, we, we'd love you to be here, but we really don't think it's a good idea to have an outdoor event in the middle of October up here. We have evidence that tells us you're going to get weather. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that made us go, oh, yeah, duh. And we went and looked for theaters, and the third theater we talked to was the one in Rahway. We got lucky. That was such a great fit. Great. It's a the, the theater is a great host for the festival. They work really well with us. But on top of that, the city of Rahway takes great care of us. Yeah. Absolutely great care of us. Hey, the city and the county. Hey, Ken, did you get a chance to um, mosey about the city and take anything in? Oh, just a bit. I mean, I, I, I likened Rahway a little bit to Sellersville meets Doylestown meets, you know, other places we have here in Pennsylvania. So mm -hmm. it, it's it, it's it's densely populated North Jersey. If I travel three or four miles in any direction, I'll find a Wawa eventually. It's, it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. A Wawa and a diner. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, but and it's a white nice. castle. There's a white castle in town. <laughs> Can't beat that. <laughs> but you, you, you do have um, uh, a lot of uh, private restaurants. You do have a taste of small business. It's homey. It's a, it's a, it's a good environment for you there. Well, and, and the waiting room where we do all, where we do the majority of our after parties um, is a big sponsor of the festival. Uh, they do our backstage catering. They did that. Uh, they did that buffet yep. that got you yeah. through last call live. Exactly. Um, you know, it, it's businesses like that that can do stuff like that, not those, you know, big chain restaurants. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. And having, having that park across the street was just such a great, like, accident, you know? <laughs> it wasn't even part of our thinking. We only thought of using it this year. It's so great that it's there. Um, Wonderful. So, you know, one, one of the things I also want to, to, to say along the lines of, of the city of Rahway is every year as they've seen what we've done, whether the audience increases from year to year, I mean, it did from year one to year two, the, the audience doubled from year two to year three. It kind of stayed flat, but, but that's okay. A little bit bigger, a little, a little bit bigger. bigger. Um, but, Maybe but, but then again, it was a little bit bigger um, in, in the small numbers, but the, the passion that the people who are repeat coming 
have has just gone up another notch or two. And that's great because they've also a lot, you know, a lot of people have, have gotten on board to support us financially. And that's exactly what we need because the only way to keep us alive is if everyone participates in that way, because if we're only going to get a few hundred to maybe we're hoping at must as much as a thousand that we grow mm -hmm. to in, in attendance. And we want to keep bringing high caliber acts, um, like brand X, like saga, like all the bands that everyone wants to see. Um, we've got to keep that going and, and to see the passion. Some of the, some of the people that have been coming for multiple years have signed up to be five-year patrons of the festival, which is a big thing for us. That's a big commitment that they're making a big gamble, a risk on us. So the fact that we're sitting here with you on Tuesday night, yeah, <laughs> this, thing, this thing ended Sunday night. We still can't talk. Our voices are gone. Uh, our lips are still cracked from dehydration. I mean, we're just totally. This is such a. We, we feel so obligated to deliver for the for all the fans, but even more so for the people who are investing their money, their time, and their effort. Our volunteers, the bands we bring, the city. I mean, we don't want to let anyone down. And that's a lot to carry. And we're exhilarated to carry it. But I always have to take a week off of work after it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. That's uh yeah, that that that's fantastic. And and certainly again from afar, um I, I'm I'm becoming a huge fan of what you do and, and I really do need to um schedule my uh my travel accordingly for next year. Plan it now. Yeah. And in Columbus Day weekend. That's right. And if you start walking now, Joe, you'll make it by next October. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Columbus Day weekend. What's the uh, what's the uh, date on that? I believe next year it's the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Um, um, it will. It's a leap year, so I think it's the ninth. No, you, you can check. I, I I think it's actually that, but um, okay, it'll I, it'll I, move on. It'll move on the calendar because it's based upon Columbus Day, which is supposed to be the second Monday in October. Right. Okay. So so, right. so I. I I do have my kids that weekend, so I will make arrangements now to swap weekends, so that way I'm available. <laughs> there you go. It is 9, 10, 11. 9, 10, 11. And, and technically, I believe we just announced that on your podcast. <laughs> nice. Uh, I mean, nice. I'm going to argue it that. It is our weekend. I'm going to argue but... that and say that we've announced that we're on Columbus Day weekend for every year. By the way, the only year we were in on Columbus Day weekend was the first year, 2017. Our intention was to be on Columbus Day weekend. We had to pull it back a week because, um, A, the, one of the bands that we wanted uh, was, was playing Summer's End, and they were that same weekend. So it made us think, first one out of the gate, we probably shouldn't be the same weekend as another storied festival. Yes, it's in England. It's 3,500 miles away, but the bands we wanted were playing there, so... That was a first consideration, but the second one was the real clincher. You, you might think this was obvious. The theater was busy that weekend, so oh, well, well there's that. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, but now they now they know Columbus Day weekend yeah, is ours. That's, it, ours. <laughs> that's spectacular. So, I guess you know, and and I don't want to take uh, too much more of your time or your your poor shot voices at this point, but I guess um, you know is. When do you start planning for 2020? I mean, does it start the day after or about the week six after? Months ago. About six months ago. About six months ago. Okay. Yeah, we even for um, I'll I'll say it this way. 2017, obviously, we started like I said, we started planning 
in October or November. So it was a real uphill climb sprint. It was hard because we had, and we got lucky because with that little time span, you have to get lucky. Finding UC Pack and Rahway was total luck. Uh, it, it takes people years to find the right venue and city. We just got lucky to get the band signed up, all, all the stuff that had to be done. And of course, we had to adjust the weekend because our luck wasn't quite full luck, you know. But, you know, when we came to planning 2018, we'd started that planning at least 12 months in advance. Now for, 20, uh, for 2019, we had started more than 12 months in advance. We're getting to the point now where we're looking at the big array of possible bands that we'd like to see in all the different tiers or eras. And we're planning out what the, what the slates might look like for multiple years in advance. So we started talking about what 2020 and 2021, at least, band slates could start out as the straw men for them last year at 2018 that's spectacular but you have to because you know hey here here's here's a little known fact you go and ask steve hackett to play a concert (laughs) or a festival which we've done multiple times he kind of knows what he's doing a couple years in advance so you better get on that train early (laughs) whereas other bands you you know if if we called them right now, they'd have no idea what they were doing next time. Exactly. So, so you're saying we can look forward to Steve Hackett in 2020 or 2021? Is that what you're saying here? Do me a favor and make sure you send that recording right to Steve and Joe because I want them to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely want them sometime in the next year or two. Okay. Okay. Oh, um, boy. I'm, okay. However, I have, you know, I have, I'm happy. I have my hands together in prayer for the listening. Oh, no, yeah, I just <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, you get in line, buddy. We're all praying for that one. <laughs> the conversation is real, but there's there's no there's nothing definitive yet. Look, there that. there are plenty of other artists that that we would love to have, but for the fact that they're involved in other projects that they might not have control over. So, um, you know, with Steve Hackett, he he. He makes his own. He and his team make make their own decision. It's not like there's something else that they have to worry about. But when I'm talking to you know some other artists, let's say you know like Adrian Ballou, or I'm talking to Tony Levin, or Tony, for example, he can't tell me what he's doing because he doesn't know what King Crimson's going to do until King Crimson tells him what he's doing, and that's the way it should be. Because as long as Robert Fripp can make King Crimson sound as as absolutely stellar as they've sounded the last few years, keep it going, brother. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but if he keeps touring in October away from New York, then I can't have Tony. So, um, but um, I will say, you know, we did announce two bands um, uh, for next year. One of them was one that people already knew was coming next year because they were really originally intended to come this year, and it just didn't work. Uh, and we've already explained that, you know, um, festival planning is hard. Um, year to year, you really need to know that you have all your ducks in a row. And that and the biggest duck is financial. And if you can't pull it off, you have to just have a tough soul-searching moment one day where you decide, yes, I can make it happen or no, I can't. And hopefully no one then... Um, complains because it's tough for the for the people who are trying to put their blood sweat and tears and money into it so we had a we had a, admittedly a little bit of a rocky lead up this year uh not knowing if we'd be able to pull it off um financially and so that 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 becomes a cascading chain reaction because 
things like that cause you to delay other decisions that you don't just make yet, cause you to delay some actions that you can't afford to take because of the whole old, the adage that you don't want to throw good money after bad, right? You don't. Sure, sure. You want to. So you, you, you go through it and you, you're fighting on five fronts to try and make it all happen. And then when it does happen and you got all the plates spinning and they're not falling, <clears throat> then you're like, okay, now we can move forward on this thing. Well, you may have just taken up all of the time that you had for something to possibly go wrong that you could recover from. And now you've squeezed that all out. So now you have no more slack. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. Murphy is hiding in the corner, wringing his hands, he's going to kill you. And and on that sense, when we went through the visa process with Iworth, Murphy was waiting for us and it just, it just didn't work out. The timing didn't work out. And it's all I can do is take, we, we take responsibility for that. That's, that's, that's our fault. I mean, we have reasons not excuses. We kind of have reasons, but it doesn't matter. The end result is it didn't happen and it's on us. So, and honestly, part of it is because they are such an incredibly hardworking band busy, busy, and and they're so busy. And the process on their side of the pond, once the visas is approved is so complex. Um, you know, they, they, that the amount of time, the, the gap of time they need when they have their approvals because their visa would have, would have been approved. Uh, but the gap of time they need to actually finish the process and get the ball across the goal line is is substantial. Yeah, and I think people don't really understand. And, well, and that's okay. The band that illustrated that for me early on was Marillion. They're pretty vocal about that whole thing. Oh, yeah. So that's why they only come, what, once every four years or whatnot? And otherwise, it's Canada, right? Right. And it, yeah, you know, or the or the crews where they don't need visas. Right, exactly. Because they play on international waters. Exactly. And that, that's, that's where Larry Morand is a freaking genius, as far as I'm concerned, because putting it in international waters removed that whole pain, and he's such a genius for that. But I, I think a lot of the, of the, of the concert-going and festival-going public have opinions and they're they're valid to have they're you know and they express them sometimes just not really knowing all the facets involved and that's okay we all do that all day in every walk of life um but really you know tiny little insight into this a band coming from canada um and ironically it's also from mexico um the rules are the same you have to go through the process of proving to our government, to our immigration service, that this band deserves to come here and work here. And right. that's the same for every uh, every uh, foreign band. <clears throat> but once you go through that part of it, when they get the approval, all that's been approved is a petition, which means they have been granted by the immigration service of our country the ability to sit for an interview to get their visa. That means they haven't gotten it yet. Okay. Now, if you're Canadian or you're coming from Mexico, it's possible because of the trade agreements and the immigration agreements between the United States and our two land neighbors, you can basically forego a lot of the fancy pain of the interview process and go to an airport when you're traveling and receive your visa stamp immediately upon inspection at the border. For Canada, it was trivial. Saga walked into Pearson Airport, where you clear U.S. customs before you even get on your plane, and they were let right in. Mm -hmm. But when you come from outside of the continental Americas, you have to sit for an interview at a U.S. consulate or embassy. 
not only do you have to go to whichever one it is, it doesn't have to be the closest there's, one to there's you. A, well, there's only one in England. There's one in, in England, London. and it's in London. It doesn't matter where. England is huge. We're, God forbid you're coming from Scotland, right? <laughs> so you got you to go to London, right? Then you sit for that interview, and then... Oh, you missed appointment. Hold on, hold on. You have to get the appointment 30 days in advance. Yeah, there's a huge list. You get on that list. You go for your appointment. Hopefully it goes well. And then you have to surrender to them. This is our embassy or our consulate, the U.S. people. Foreign person surrenders their their passport for seven days. Five oh, my seven God. Days. They can't so work. They can't, they can't go anywhere else in the EU or anywhere. Well, if they're a touring band like Iowa Earth. Forget it. You know, yeah. Who was doing Prague Dreams in September in the Netherlands. They were playing uh, in, in, in somewhere else in October, right before. Right. They, 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 they can't travel for seven days. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. So, and, you know, I, I love my country, but we, we make it a little difficult. And <laughs> people have been talking about this forever. Um, so hopefully something will be fixed. And, you know, there's this con a few of us in the, in the, in the festival promoter world that mm -hmm. I've just joined, <laughs> sure, um, sure, have been talking to, to each other about this concept. The most fruitful conversations um, that I feel really good about are the ones with my good friend Michael Bennett, who runs Prague Day, which is now 25 years old, out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. He was actually at our festival this weekend. We invited him as a guest. As was Helene. As was Helene Hel no, no, Helene wasn't there. Uh, Helene couldn't travel, oh, Debbie but Bird, Debbie Bird was yeah. from from Prague Day, and um, they we made sure they had a great time. Uh, but you know, we've been talking about this whole thing of what what can we do? Is there anything we can do? Um, we're not look. All of music has this problem. It's not just Prague. It's right. just that you know a lot of the a lot of the Prague bands come out of England and Scandinavia, and you know we want to bring them here. Um, I would imagine that you know our, our friend George Roldan with Ross, with Rossfest is going to have to go through this issue with Big Big Train when he brings them. Um, that's a huge conglomerate of people coming from three three different countries in Europe. Um, so 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 long story back to zero. Um, IO Earth will be here next year because we already went through this process. We're not about to put that <laughs> in the incinerator. We're going to go right forward with that sucker and we're going to do it early. Um, <laughs> The other band that we announced from the stage is one of those examples. You know, we were talking earlier about having different things, different slices, very adjacent, uh, different palate cleansers. And I think this one is one of those in the California Guitar Trio. And I think that's mm. going to be something that many people have not heard of. Yet there's another contingent of people who have heard of them and are just salivating over them playing. And I'm talking about having them on stage, you know, on the big stage. So, um, I think that's going to be great. Those are the only two that we were able to talk about at the festival. We have conversations going on with many others. Okay. You already heard about Steve. Um, but um, there are many others that we've been in, in discussions with that we're, we're inches away from being able to tell people are coming. We just have a few I's to dot and T's to cross. Well, that's exciting. I, I'm looking forward to Prague Stock and the Million Promoter March on Washington. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what it would take. Yeah. All right. Oh, so damn. So uh, so well, I'll leave. I'll leave politics out of this. Right. Right. Good. <laughs> oh.
All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I definitely want to to uh, thank you, Tom and Anne, for for spending some time with us here tonight, um, especially just on the heels of all of the work you guys did. Sounds like it was a smashing success. Um, and again, I look forward to uh, to seeing you guys next year when I when I make the appropriate plans and and come up from uh, from Texas so I can experience it myself. Sounds spectacular. Um, I guess everyone can keep track of of Progstock both uh, past, present, and future at progstock.com, If I understand correctly, that's Absolutely. correct. Yeah. So right now, the Progstock website is still uh, showing the 2019 stuff. Um, we'll, we'll transform that into 2020, probably within a month or so. Um, but we always have on the, on the website, there's a, um, a menu option for history. And if you go there, it'll present you with the ability to take a, a link to each of the prior year's websites. So you can look back at what the website looked like, all the lineup, all the information for each year. We keep those preserved and the, uh, historically. And the homepage also has our Facebook ticker, so you can uh, right. you can see what what we're talking about uh, prior, you know, to to the website being transformed into 2020. Right. Despite the, despite the evils of social media, I, I I do credit you guys to leveraging social media and Facebook to the maximum to keep everybody in touch. Uh, it, it, which restaurants are moving quickly enough, and which restaurants are worth the while, and uh, and and even when it's too loud in the theater. Yeah, in fact, I'll I'll say I've got I'm 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 privileged to have so many friends. Who, who are part of this team, even people who are not like uh, they're not named volunteers on our list. They're not involved in the production per se. So you won't see them in the program, but they're friends and extended, extended friendships. And they're in the audience and I'll get texts during sets. Hey, it's loud over in this section. Hey, it's, we can't hear about, and I can immediately take action. That's why many times I'm running across the theater. <laughs> because what I, what I really did look, that's part of, maybe I'm just obsessive compulsive to some degree, but I don't, you? I, I don't want a set to just go and nobody do anything about it. If something is a little off, I want to try to fix it, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> that's uh well, that, that's spectacular. So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, for me, I would very much like to uh, to stay in touch for the uh, the build up to Progstock 2020. Uh, maybe check in once or twice throughout the year if if that would uh, you know work for sure. you guys, and we can sort yep. of keep up with what's going on. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm excited for this, and certainly congratulations to you guys for you know creating something that that really seems to have some legs and and is very exciting. So very cool. Thank you. And Ken, it's your responsibility to make sure Joe comes. Okay? <laughs> I'm, I've I'm, done it before. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. We got this. All right. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Thank you, Ann. All right. Thank you, guys. You have a great thank evening. You. you too. Peace.
decided to have talked prog stock uh, tonight and we as always encourage um, any of our listeners who have been to thought about um, prog stock think about going next year have any thoughts experiences that you had um, reach out to us you can reach us on instagram facebook and twitter we are at prog pala on all of those or search for progressive palaver you're welcome to email us our email address is progpala at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>